What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, we have an awesome Q&A. I touch on a lot of stuff, but there is somewhat of a theme to this podcast, which is why I'm going to make a special announcement to get it started. We had a lot of questions come in, and I've been getting a lot of questions on productivity. Um, As many people know, I put out a lot of content. I have a successful business. I do a lot of good work, but I still have a balance in my life. And that is not by mistake. I'm a huge believer in morning routine, daily rituals, time blocks, being efficient, staying productive, and not busy. I want to have a successful business, but I want to have a successful life too. So I've been getting a lot of questions on how do I do that? How do I stay productive? How do I stay fit? How do I create balance? And because my mentor has been bugging me for months now to start my own mentorship, I finally took action on it. I don't know what I was waiting for, but I finally said, you know what? I've had enough people reach out to me about becoming a mentor, and I'm already mentoring a handful of people because they reached out and just created their own mentorship with me. I decided to finally launch that mentorship, and I mentioned it on a previous podcast, but I've launched it um, via my newsletter, and I've even mentioned it on Instagram. I only am allowing six spots into this mentorship, and I've already filled half of those. I have some calls set up, but there is still going to be a couple spots available, hopefully. So now is your chance to jump on. So if you're a trainer, you're a gym owner, you're somebody in the fitness or nutrition industry, and you're looking to either A, create yourself an online brand, move into the online space, or master your day, become more productive, build your brand, and just have a more successful business in life, that is what this mentorship is about. If you like all of the above, like you want that lifestyle, you want to create more productivity, but you don't want to build your own brand. Maybe you want to work for somebody who already built theirs. Well, this is also what it takes to become a Boom Boom Performance Coach, which is what I am working on in the works right now. So I am looking for people to come on board to be coaches, and it is going to be a learning process. I need to know that you are ready to put in the work and that you are ready to grow. So whether you are trying to build your own brand or you want to become part of the team, this could be a great opportunity for you to learn from me, to see how I do what I do, to expand your knowledge, to expand your growth, to expand your productivity, obviously expand your income, and just reach more people around the world. This is going to be an awesome opportunity. I'm going to share everything I do from my systems to my structure to my time blocks to my connections and my network within the industry. Everything I can do to help these individuals, I do, and it's a very rewarding thing because at the end of the day, the whole goal of this is to create more impact. And I realize that I can only train so many people, but if I can coach other coaches on how to coach other people, now we're touching more lives around the world, and that's what this is about. All right, guys, so if you're interested in the mentorship and you want to get a chance to sit down talk with me about your goals and see if this is the right fit for you, what you can do is email info at boomboomperformance.com with the subject line mentor. Let Tori know that you're interested in a mentorship. She will set up a call with you and I, and we'll go from there. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Justin Murphy asks, how do you determine how many hours to work each day? I literally find myself working all day, dot, dot, dot. How do you find balance? So I think this is uh, so a little background on Justin. I mean, <laughs> by no means do I know him personally, but um, I see your content. I see you doing work, man. So shout out to you because I see you hustling and um, he is a nutrition coach. I don't know if you're doing training as well. I know you train. Um, I don't know if you train people as well, but I do know he is a nutrition coach. So he's a coach um, in I think this is a tricky one, man. I think that you got to stop first and foremost. Like I, I, I know because one of his responses was, I was like, man, this is hard, but it's super important. He said, I could, 
I could hustle all day or something like that. And I get it because when you love what you do or you have like a big meaning behind it, it's hard not to, right? So I, I went through this. Um, I've always gone through this. I still go through this. I went through this thing where it was like I would just, I mean, shit, like I'd wake up. I still to this day wake up at 5 a.m. Um, now my mornings are the best thing ever. Like this morning, woke up 5. Baby still want to sleep for a little bit, so I got some work done. She woke up, fed her. Um, then I got to do my meditation. She laid on my chest. We just chilled. Like there's, it's a completely different ballgame. But anyway, like I went through a period of time where it was like wake up at 5, do my morning routine because I'm huge on that, which I'm going to touch on in a sec. Then I go right to work. And it was just like grind on my online brand. Like let's build this business. So it's just content and it's marketing and it's reaching out to clients. It's program design. It's whatever I needed to do for the business. And it was just right to it. Um, at a certain point, I think I would stop at like noon. So from 5 till noon, I'm pretty much just going. So from 5 to I'd say like 6, I was probably doing my morning routine. From 6 till noon, I'm literally just nonstop working. And I would take uh, – at 12, I would go to the gym and work out down the street. And at this point, still work technically because I'm lifting, but then I'm shooting content while I lift because I can always create content out of something. Um, and then I'd go home, eat, shower, and then I would drive to the gym. And then when I got to the gym, it was back to work. So training clients all night. So for me, I, I can completely relate, dude. There was a long period of time where it was just – constantly working. Um, and then I got to a point where I got burnt out and I realized that like, I just couldn't sustain this. And then on top of that, like nobody want, would want to be with somebody that is working all the time. And, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't still struggle with this, right? Like, cause it's hard for me to separate myself from work. Um, and I have to put boundaries up because if I don't like Shannon's not happy and if Shannon's not happy, I'm not happy. But at the end of the day, like, and I completely understand, right? Like I wouldn't want uh, somebody that was just working constantly. So the crazy thing is that she supported me all the way through it when I had, when I was working in the gym and working on my online brand before it, it grew enough to where it could sustain us. So it was like, she put up with that and I respect her for that so much. I'm so grateful for it. Uh, but I got to a point where I was just burnt out and it just was too much. And this is what I was telling him is like, you have to make that shift from just grind, 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 working so much because you will get burnt out. And this is the same thing I talk about with training. Like everything is a stress or it's adaptation and recovery. The, everything is one of the two. So if we look at this, working hard and grinding and, and deliberately putting your energy and your focus into your, your content, into your coaching, into your program design, that is work. Whether you love it or not, it's still stress, right? Adaptation is taking a break, having fun, meditating, chilling with your girlfriend, whatever it may be. But you got to take that separation because if you don't stop to recover, you won't adapt and you won't continue. You'll just burn out and you'll shut down. I can guarantee you. And then it gets to a point where it's just white noise and it's just, it's just drowned it out and you just have no passion behind it because it's just killing you. Right, like you can't do something so much that it burns you out because then you will stop loving what you do. Um, and I never got to a point where I was that burnt out. I've met people who have. I've met people who have completely taken themselves out of the fitness industry because of this. They got so burnt out on what they were doing, they just they stopped. For me, it was just like I'm just burnt out to the sense where I'm getting like extreme anxiety all the time. Um, and and I think that's the response for a lot of entrepreneurs. You just go 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 to a point and then you get so stressed and overwhelmed that you start getting these anxiety attacks where it's like, it's almost like, for me it would always happen in the morning and it was more so before or when I forgot to, to lock in my morning routine to put me in power and it was like, I just like the littlest things would get to me and overwhelm me and you know, life's over, it's gonna end, <laughs> like I'm just tripping and my heart's going through the roof, it's hard to breathe, like it's crazy but 
if you're not experiencing it right now, Justin, like you will, like I promise you that, man, the best thing you can do. Um, and if you don't have a mentor, do get a mentor and they'll tell you this exact same thing, right? Like my mentor told me this and it was the biggest change in everything I do was just calming down and knowing that separating myself, slowing down so I could speed up was good, right? Like, like meditation was a thing where I was like, I don't have time to meditate. And it's true. I'm super fucking busy. But the truth is, is like, I don't know the phrase trade nickels or dimes or something like that, but that's essentially what you're doing. You're taking five, 10 minutes to meditate, but you're gaining hours of productivity later on because of it. When I'm not having a productive day, if I'm getting stress or anxiety, I look back on my day and I'm like, did I write my gratitude? Did I meditate? Did I journal? Did I do my daily habits? And it's usually a no. And when I do those, those things don't happen. So like my advice to you, dude, is figure it out and start creating some form of balance. You do not need to be logged on 24-7. Those messages will be there tomorrow. And some people will notice, like I message every single person back that slides into my DM that is weird. I've never used that line. <laughs> Seriously, slide into my DM. Um, I've never not responded in my DM. I've never not responded to a Facebook message, to an email or anything. It, and people will notice, like even my clients, like I have time blocks. And I'm going to get into this when I'm t- telling you how I would, I would suggest you create balance or anybody would create balance. I have time blocks. And that's huge. So I realized that if somebody messaged me and I don't get back to them for a few hours or tomorrow – They'll be okay. It's not a life-threatening social media post. Like, it'll be okay. I like to have my schedule locked in for my social media posts. But guess what? Sometimes I miss it. Like, I had a a thing that I was going to shout out. Um, Obviously, like I already mentioned it, um, an intro, I think, because I'm assuming because I I record those intros later on, so (laughs) I don't know, but um, about my mentorship. And I started recording last night, and I was like, guys, like my mentor told me that, you know, what's the best way to create impact? How am I going to do that? And the best way is to start a mentorship, blah, blah, blah. And I started recording this story because I was on a pitch and be like, yo, I'm opening some spots from a mentorship, six spots. There's already two taken, blah, blah, blah. And then I got through video two. And then I saw my grandparents pull up. They got to our house a little bit early. They wanted to come visit the baby and we were treating them to dinner at my house, um, which was a really cool thing to do is like have my grandparents over at my home. And I saw them pull up and I stopped the video. I deleted the, both the posts and I just went downstairs and ate and I didn't check my phone for the night because it can wait, right? The people who are interested in my mentorship yesterday are probably going to be interested today. So I stopped and I was like, cool, I'll film it tomorrow. Tomorrow, No big deal. So just knowing that the world's not going to end, right? Like you're good. Your client is fine. We don't work with people that have life-threatening situations. And even like, so when I go through my emails, all right, here, I'll get to that in a sec. Because I, I, I kind of wrote out some bullet points to go over for you, Justin, and for anybody listening to this who needs to find balance because they're going too hard in the gym. They're going too hard at their job. They just don't have balance um, in their life, period. So number one most important thing that I think everybody needs to do in order to find more balance in their life is put yourself into power and gain clarity first thing in the morning every single day. And the reason I say this is because every day when I write out my affirmations, I write out my gratitude, I write out my appreciations, I write out positive focus. I do specific things in my journal. There's more to it than that. And I meditate and I repeat mantras in my head. All these things are creating clarity around who I need to become to accomplish what I want to accomplish, right? Like we have to reverse engineer things. Like people, like if you set a goal of becoming a millionaire and your business is going to generate a million dollars and you are going to help these type of people and you're going to live in this location, you're going to be speaking on stage, blah, blah, blah. You got these like big dreams, big aspirations. Okay, well, who are you at that point? Let's reverse engineer that and 
all the way back to who you are today. And then let's take each one of those steps until you get there. So you need to gain clarity. You can't do that shit without clarity. And you won't have a purpose behind what you do if you do not gain clarity, which is one of the biggest reasons to do this. When I go through these morning routines, I'm gaining clarity around why I want to do what I want to do, who I want to become, what I want to create, who I want to help, what I need to do for the day, the most important things in my week, like all these things that need to happen, I need to gain clarity and then I need to gain certainty around it, right? So when you gain power, you gain clarity. When you gain clarity, you gain certainty. So basically this works in a way where I'm putting myself into a confident state, a certain state, because nothing's accomplishable, like you can't succeed in anything, you can't get results in anything unless you believe and you are extremely confident about what you are about to do, Period. I so I, I fully believe that if you're not 100% certain that you are an expert and you are the best person for the job, you're not going to get there. So I'm huge on morning routines and setting that up. The next thing is going to be time blocks. If you don't have time blocks, then you need to get it going because I know for me, that was the biggest cluster in my business. And my business has grown a lot since I uh, hired an assistant because it kind of forced me to go into time blocks because when you, when you hire somebody to help you with scheduling and sales calls and billing and all these different things um, that you were just too over, like you just, I just had too much going on and I bring her in and you look at my schedule or lack thereof. And it's just like, how the fuck are you doing any of this? And she literally asked me, like, she's probably listening. She's gonna laugh. She was like, how are you doing all this? Like, it doesn't even make sense. And it's true. It didn't make sense. Like, one, it didn't make sense to her because she was like, you do so much shit in a day and a week. It's crazy. And part of the reason I'm able to do that is because I put myself in power and clarity. Um, and I'm extremely motivated. But it was a clusterfuck. It was chaos. It was it was controlled chaos. And it just it was overwhelming and, and probably one of the reasons why it would create anxiety and stress. So what I had to do is I had to do my best job at creating some time blocks. Um, and then when I had her come in, it was a lot easier because she color coded everything in my calendar. She looks at it and goes, okay, from, you know, this time to this time every day, that's the only time she's going to put calls in. So now I know that if it's before 11, which I think we're shifting it to 12 because just baby stuff. So if it's before noon or after 3 p.m., chances are there's no way in hell I'm having a call. And if it's a really important call and it's going to fall after or before that, she's going to let me know and we're going to set it up to the side so I can be ahead of time, uh, ahead of that. But for the most part, all calls fall into that time. I know that Instagram posts and content and Facebook and all these things that I create are going to happen first thing in the morning. I know that emails for clients are going to happen at a certain time. I know that my workouts at a certain time. So now it's like it's a routine and, and my clients will get their responses to their emails at a certain time. Um, I know when I eat. I know when I work out. I know when I have to program design. Everything is, is sectioned off throughout the day and throughout the week. There's no guesswork. And you will get so much more shit done and it'll be focused. Because if I know that the only thing I need to do between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. is respond to emails, then nothing else matters. And if I get it done before 11, I have some free time to read, to journal, to scroll through Instagram, to chill with the baby, to do whatever I need to do at the moment or feel like doing or eat or whatever. But the point is, is when I'm answering those emails, I'm extremely fucking present because that's the only thing on my mind. It's the only thing I have to do right then. Nothing else matters. It's all that matters. So that's really, really huge to have time blocks. The next thing is going to be key four in a sticky note. So I'm big on key four. And for you, Justin, you'd be a person, um, just like some of my mentor clients, that I suggest a fifth key. So basically, key four is just setting up your schedule. Like I'm not going to go too in-depth because there's a certain way I provide structure around this for my mentor clients, but I'm going to save that for them. Um, but basically, it structures out specific things throughout your week that you need to do. 
if you don't accomplish these things, the needle doesn't move and you're not moving towards your end outcome, which is something I set with my clients too. So like the way I work is like there's a specific timeline, um, a specific due date for these goals, for these outcomes. And there's certain benchmarks along the way. There's certain tasks every week, every day, every month. So everything is dialed in. And again, we reverse engineer every single goal because we want to be so in tune with what we're actually accomplishing that there's no confusion. You, you, have, you are very clear on what you need to do. And that's the whole point. So like, for example, the sticky note. I, to this day, I do this every single night. You can ask my fiance. I walk into my office at the end of the night. I sit down in my chair, take a deep breath, pull out the sticky note. I write whatever the fuck I need to do the next day, whatever's on my mind. I'll, how many Instagram posts are going out tomorrow? Okay, write this post, write this post. Am I recording a podcast? Okay, write that. Do I need a program done? Write that. Okay, who am I programming for? These names, cool. Answer these emails. Do this. Do this. And then it's like I don't have to think at night like, fuck, what do I got tomorrow? What do I got to do? Stressing about my schedule. It's all on a sticky note. And I'll check them off one by one in the morning. The next thing I do is I write three things that happened today that were amazing and one thing I can do better tomorrow. So all these things get done on the sticky note in my journal. And then I go to bed. And I think that's huge. Um, it's just for productivity and, and really like we talk about finding balance. The reason I'm talking about these productivity hacks is because – if you become extremely productive during your day, you won't be hustling all fucking day. Because I got to a point where I was so productive that I was done at 3 p.m. and I felt guilty. And I was like, why am I done at 3? Like I should be working all day. And the truth of the matter is I didn't have to work all day to be successful. I didn't have to work all day to be productive. I was busy. And a lot of people listening to this are busy. Right now, I'm not checking my phone. There's no other windows up on my computer. There's nothing else going on but this podcast. Everything's on Do Not Disturb. Because right now, I'm going to be fucking productive. And that's the whole key. Everything in your time block, you are productive, not busy. So that's why these things are necessary. And if you become really productive in your day, you have more balance because you create more time for yourself. Uh, the next one is set boundaries. You need to set boundaries. Again, that goes in straight in line with the time blocks. Like, what are you doing? When are you doing it? Set the boundary. Do not go out of that boundary. So if this time block is for emails, that's the only thing you're doing. Don't let yourself talk you. Don't talk yourself into a different direction, which a lot of people do. Ah, uh, yeah, but I can answer one email. Well, one email leads to 10, right? Oh, I can just scroll through for like two minutes on Instagram. Okay, well, next thing you know, fucking 30 minutes go by. You've taken some notes. You've followed eight people. Like, it's just, it's pointless. So set boundaries. What time are you off work? Okay, get off work. If you didn't get everything you need to get done, do not start working again. Period. This one is tough as fuck. There's days where I'm like, fuck, I didn't get so-and-so's program done. I didn't get a chance to email this person back, and I really wanted to, but I, I have a boundary. If it's 5 p.m., I have to be done. You know, we have a baby now, so in the mornings, I, I watch the baby, and Shannon will wake up and go, hey, how was she doing? And I'll just be honest with her. I'll be like, honestly, I didn't get any work done this morning. She's just, you know, she's been fussing. I've been laying with her. Like, I just couldn't do any work. And that's fine. And we know that because baby comes first. So at that time, like, I have to sacrifice some night, you know, 6, 7 p.m. and do some emails. It is what it is. But for the most part, and before the baby was here, and if you do not have a baby and you're listening to this, set a boundary. What time do you start? What time do you finish? If, if something's not done, it can wait till tomorrow. Because one, it'll create balance. But two, it'll teach you to be more productive and stop being busy. Because the next day, you won't waste time scrolling through Instagram when you know you have shit to do because you do not want to get off late again. Schedule in fun is the last thing on here. I'm huge on this with my mentor clients and, and my mentor was huge on this with me last year and it was like a, a big game changer because he asked me at the beginning, like, what's your hobby? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. I don't have one. 
work. <laughs> like, and that's not true, right? So I had to create hobbies or get back into things. I got back into a soccer league. I got back into skateboarding. I started going like trail walks when it was the summertime. Um, shit, like I'd go wash my car with my dad, whatever I could to just like get out and not work, right? Not check my phone, go golf, like anything. So I think that having a hobby and separating time and put it in your calendar, put a time block in there. Once a week, you do this thing for fun, right? Like that's that's the rule. Like for, for me right now, it's been hard with the baby, but like Saturdays, for example, Saturdays, we don't work. Like Saturdays, we chill. Like this Saturday, we're locking ourselves in the house. We're not going anywhere. We're just going to hang out together with the baby. It's going to be amazing, but it can be anything, right? Like I know people who, uh, my boy, Michael Watkins, who is a gym owner um, and, and a really, really good friend of mine, somebody I look up to um, as a father and as a business owner, he, uh, one of his hobbies was building shit. So he had like a little shop section in his garage and he would just build shit, like build his wife a fucking dresser or his kid some shit. And, and that was like his sanctuary. He goes down the garage and just, he, he builds stuff like that's fucking cool. So if you don't have a hobby, man, get a hobby, set up, separate yourself to do some like once a week, schedule something, right? could be go-karting, could be paintballing, could be anything. could be a movie. I've done that a lot of times where I go sit in a matinee completely by myself and just watch a fucking movie. It's like the greatest time ever. So I think scheduling and fun is huge for creating balance. And all these things I'm talking about here are just ways that you can create balance because, again, I understand the hustle mentality. Trust me. And, and anybody listening to this knows that I hustle and I grind and I, and I put out a ton of content. Um... I think that it, it it only lasts so long, though. You can only do that and maintain that if you create balance. And if you've been following me for more than a few months, then you know that my content is coming out more frequently and it's better and it's more and I'm learning more and I'm diving into things deeper. And the reason for that is because I've created balance. See, without balance, I wouldn't be able to sustain or duplicate what I'm doing, but I am. So... I don't work all fucking day. <laughs> I'm, I'm done in the afternoons. There's no questions asked. So I think that, I think it really is asked backwards. It's like eating more to lose weight. Like people are like, oh, you're under eating. We got to eat some more food. Well, I want to lose weight. Same exact fucking concept. You got to do less to get more. Oh, I'm trying to drink more water. That was like one of my habits. I, put, I set up a habit list that was like, what are five things I'm, I've, I've fallen off on that I could go a little bit deeper on? And one of them was one of them was the uh, drinking more water. So I've been filling up this big-ass jug and drinking it, peeing every other minute. So next question we got from Alex Stout. Alex Stout wanted to geek out. So Alex, I'm, Alex, I'm going to put you on Alex, Alex Stout from Facebook. I always want to say Alex because your last name starts with an S. So I'm just going to call you Alex. Alex from Facebook. Um, I think I want to say you're a trainer. Um, so I'm going to give you a little – <laughs> I'm going to throw you some, man. Um, you ask, like, the geeky questions, which I, I enjoy because I like geeking out on that stuff. Um, but I always think it's funny when trainers uh, when trainers do that. And, like, then you got to go down that geeky route. And it's always, like, I don't know, it's funny to me. I used to do that so much. I used to, I used to have a problem with writing blogs. This is good advice for any trainers out there. I used to have a problem with writing blogs. I'd write the most scientific shit ever. And then my mentor was like, so who's your clientele? Like, who's your avatar that you're searching to, to sell. And I'm like, uh, you know, like the average person overweight looking to lose fat. I'm like, well, why are you writing to other trainers? He's, I was like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, dude, you're writing blogs that are about like fucking the most in-depth process of carb cycle and, and tracking and, and percentage-based strength training. And dude, they don't give a fuck about that. They want habits. And I was like, damn, like that was a big slap in the face. But just saying. So Alex said, 
and, and I don't really 100% know how to answer your question. It was more – so I posted, like, yo, what are topics you guys want me to talk about? And um, so they were more of a topic versus a question. And it was spinal flexion and rotation versus core stability. So here's what I'm going to say about this. I'm going to keep it brief. Spinal flexion, so for anybody out there listening, uh, we're talking about core exercises, core movements, core training. So if we look at spinal flexion, we're talking sit-ups, pretty basic. Um, rotation, we're talking anything from a trunk rotation, right? So we're doing Russian twists, we're doing landmine, bus drivers, stuff like that. And then core stability is obviously, there's a, a lot of different ways you can practice core stability, but the obvious one would be a plank. Um, there's also anti-flexion, there's anti-extension, there's, there's lateral rotation and anti-lateral rotation, like a single arm farmer's walk. And there's a lot of different ways that we can train the core. And the reason I'm ex- saying that and going kind of in depth on all these other ways is because there is no one way that we should train the core. The truth of the matter is, is your spine should flex and should extend to an extent, but your trunk should be extremely stable and be able to slightly rotate. If you can't do all of them, then you're, you're not functionally strong. You're not functionally stable. And that's the thing where I think people get it twisted. Like some people say you shouldn't do sit-ups because you shouldn't, you shouldn't flex your spine. Your spine's meant to be stable and neutral. Well, yeah, it is. But at the same time is you need to be able to move it a little bit. Every joint in the body, even the knee, the knee is a stable joint. You can go into FRC stuff and they'll teach you how to move your knee a little bit because you should have some mobility in your knee because that's functional. We have to remember that functional is resisting a car accident and not breaking your back. Function is like running down the street, tripping and not blowing out your knee because it's so stable and stiff that it can't move at all. Give it a little bit of mobility. So um, to answer your question, like – because you put the verses in there, I'm just going to say none of them. Like if I, if I assessed you and I'm like, okay, he's got some good flexion. Okay, he's got good rotation. Oh, shit, his core stability is horrible. Well, then core stability wins that, that spectrum, right? Like that's your main focus. Like I'm not going to hammer sit-ups on you when you need stability. Um, I'm not going to hammer stability on you when you need some rotation. So it really depends on the individual. If we're talking about muscle mass and like building a physique, I think it's a different scenario. Um, for me, what I like to do when somebody wants – like if I'm looking at a physique athlete and I have somebody who's getting really lean for a show or a photo shoot or is just already lean and they want their abs to pop out, my programming is going to look pretty well balanced because I believe that there's – I mean there's so many parts of the core that, that I believe you should probably train a little bit of everything. The same thing with like your back, right? Like if you want a, a really good-looking back, do you just do hella pull-downs? No, you do posterior flies. You do horizontal rowing with a wide elbow, with a close elbow. You do pull downs with a close grip, wide grip. Like there's variations for a reason because you want to get different ranges of motion. Well, the same thing applies to the core. Yes, there is, you know, there's your six pack, there's your transverse abdominis, there's your obliques. Like there's different things that are going to get worked while you're doing all these things as well. But if you want a well-rounded, strong, and aesthetic physique, you do need to practice multiple movement patterns and multiple different ranges and all these different things um, within your core. All right. So Courtney Sturgeon, shout out to Courtney because she is uh, mentoring with me um, and working with me to become a good coach. So I'm I'm pumped about her. She's already nutrition coaching, but I'm super, super excited to help her and work with her and and help her grow into somebody because she's got a a ton of potential. So if you're not following Courtney, go, go jump on that. Um, I know she's on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I can't remember her Instagram off the top of my head, but Starting out as a new health coach and working with mostly friends and family or acquaintances within your social groups, keeping the two roles separate. So how do you keep these roles separate? Um, I think it's tough. I think that there needs to be a fine line of understanding. I think for 
you know, like one thing I always say is like they got to pay. <laughs> like it sounds fucked up, but family won't take you seriously if you do things for free. And they won't take it seriously if you are constantly pushing them to go in a certain direction, right? If you're constantly trying to get somebody to eat a salad, they're not going to want to eat a fucking salad. Same reason why if you take something away, people want to give it. That's why I love flexible dieting because I work with people who want to have a lifestyle approach so they can sustain their nutrition, right? So if we're going to sustain your nutrition, I can't restrict a ton of things because they're going to want all those things. So I think it comes down to being the beacon of light, right? If they actually need a change, there's going to be a point in time where they're going to, I guess, like have that come to Jesus moment where they're like, fuck, I need to make a change. And they're going to turn to you because you've shown through your actions that you know what you're doing and you do it well because you're doing it for yourself and others. Um, And then if you want to keep it separate, you can do one of two things. One, you refer them out because I know like if anybody in my family or like my fiance, for example, like if she ever wants a nutrition or anything, I'm referring her out right away. Like there's no way I'm doing that shit for her. And training program, I'm hitting up my boy Theo. He's in the right, like there's no way. So I think you can go that route or you can just tell him, be like, hey, if you really, really want to work with me, you're going to have to pay. I'll give you a deal because you're family. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that the only way that you're going to stay accountable and take this serious is if you have some kind of skin in the game. Shit doesn't work for free, and they've done studies with this. People paid $1, or they got the shit for free. And the people who paid $1 got way better results because they stuck to the process. And the reason behind it is because they had skin in the game. They put a dollar down, and just a dollar can make a huge difference. Sarah Pringle says, Staying organized. How do you manage your clients, emails, calls, plans, etc., business growth, slash development, content, and all other things? So... I guess this is just hammering the, the first point I made uh, talking about Justin's question. And I pretty much listed that out, right? I just create balance. I create time blocks and I create boundaries, right? Like I just I – just, I think number one, you got to get clear. Number two, you got to set up a schedule, time block, and everything you need. Um, and then you just need to stay consistent with that. Like you have to have a system. I always use business as an example. If you went to a financial planner and you said, hey, like I want to take my business from – 100k to 500k this year like that's my goal like okay that's a good goal where uh where you or actually that's a bad example because i already said 100k yeah you come to the guy and you say i want to build my business to 500k this year and he says where is your business at right now oh i don't know what do you mean you don't know i don't know how much i make i haven't looked at the numbers like okay well how many leads are coming in um i'm not sure how much are your packages? Well, I have a package at this price, this price, this price. Sometimes I offer this price. Now we're all confused, right? So you have no structure. You have no system. So just like in any business like or anything else in life is just like business. I mean like so if you look at your daily routine, your morning routine, your workouts, everything should have structure. There should be a rhyme and reason to everything you do and you should follow suit on that. If you just follow the step-by-step structure that you've laid out for yourself, you will be so much more successful. I can guarantee it. So – I would, I would just highly suggest getting such a dialed-in routine that there's no questions asked. And at first, it's going to be hard, but you just need to build those time blocks. Um, having a mentor to keep you accountable really, really does help because I know for me, at least, I didn't even consider any of the systems that I have until I had a mentor. Like I know years ago, it was just like I was just accepting payments and just doing what I loved. And it wasn't until it became a serious thing where I was like, oh, shit, this is getting kind of real. Uh, I should probably have someone show me how I can make systems. And if I can give you guys any advice on how I'm so structured and why my business does well, it's because there's systems and structure and and reasons behind every single thing I do. 
every post, every time block, every email, everything. Like so super, super important to just create structure and then just go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to everything I said on that. You guys are giving me cotton mouth on here. All right. Grant Kale from Instagram. What are the time hacks you use to gain productivity from the times you would have just been busy? Man, I didn't realize that everybody wants to know about my productivity hacks. So so this is <laughs> I mean, this is a great podcast to represent the mentorship I just started. Now I don't even know if the spots will be full or not by the time this comes out, but obviously you can click the link in the show notes. You can shoot me an email. Um Cody dot no, I'm sorry, Cody at BoomBoomPerformance.com. You can shoot me a DM on Instagram at, at Cody.BoomBoom and talk about it. But basically, like, it's pretty simple. The The best time hacks, because he was responding to my story. So I, I, I did a story post about being productive and not busy. Um, and don't mistake laziness with um, efficiency because I – so we, we shop at a place called Fred Meyer. So I don't know if it's anywhere else other than Washington, but those people in Washington will know what it is. But – it's a grocery store, and my fiance has an app where she logs into the Fred Meyer app. We grocery shop on her app, and we buy it, and then we pay five bucks, and they do the shopping for us. Pretty simple. I drive down there, park in the spot, dial the number. They call me, and I say, hey, this is Shannon Katzer. It's funny. One time, the guy comes out, and he goes, Shannon? And I was like, oh, that's my fiance. And he's like, oh, okay. I didn't want to say anything. But but um, I pop the trunk. They throw the groceries in there, and then I go home, and it's just simple, right? But that's an extra at least hour of my day where I could have created content or answered emails or did program design, you know what I mean? And then half time I, I get there and it takes them 20 minutes to bring all my groceries out. I sit in my car and I do content. I finish emails. I do whatever I need to do on my phone. So little things like that are huge for time hacks. Like I think that having as many outsources as you can, right? So for anybody who's starting a business, I'm big on outsourcing, right? My website, I don't do that. Adjusting things on my website, I don't do that. My video editing, I don't do that. Some of my Instagram editing, I don't do that. My photography, I don't do that. Right? I do what I'm good at. I coach. I talk to my clients. I get on phone calls. I talk on this podcast. Right? So outsourcing as many things as you can in your business and then in your life. Right? I know a lot of people who you know, pay somebody to clean their house, pay somebody to do their laundry, pay somebody to grocery shop for them. Anything you can do. Anything you can order on Amazon instead of driving somewhere. Like Little things like that save you a lot of time. That way you're doing one of two things. You're working on your hustle or you're spending time with your family. Nothing else matters. So things like that are going to be the biggest thing. I, I encourage everybody to get do that. I'm actually at the point where I'm thinking about hiring a cleaning lady every once in a while because, you know, your boy's got to do chores. And I, I will just tell you this. I am the worst cleaner in the world. It's like like Shannon's super, uh, super good at cleaning and super uh, OCD about how clean everything is. And I love it because I live with her. But now that the baby's here, she's, she's full-time mommy, like crushing it. And I got to do my part. And I'm just so bad at cleaning. It's like, I mean, I should, I lived with two dudes for two years in a house. And it was like, this is a few years ago, but it was bad. So I'm trying to work on that. But I'm at the point where I'm like, fuck, I might just hire a cleaner every couple of weeks. But, um, but little things like that, man. And then, of course, time blocks, like I talked about earlier. Make specific time blocks. And then don't do anything but your one task during that time block. Nothing is going to do better than that. All right. This is a really cool question, actually. Kirsten Cifelli. Um she says, question, I noticed a, she, this was responding to, oh, God, I got to touch on this. This is, respond, this is responding to um, 
my, uh, I think this is, responding to a story about my last podcast. So you guys all heard the podcast with um, Dr. Zach Bush. Dr. Zach Bush is extremely smart guy. And you could probably tell because it was one of those intellectual e- episodes. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Tons of great information. What I need to let you guys know is do not let that be a fear-mongering thing. Do not get scared. Do not think that if you don't eat organic, you're going to die. Like, It was a great episode, but we need to remember that organic is important if it's a legit organic source. So not all organic is good. Local is better. Uh, pesticides are bad. Like You should be eating more real food. Like Try to stay away from Roundup sources if you can. Um, obviously, the inform- like. The information is good and it builds awareness and it leads us into the direction of making as many positive changes as we can, but it's not the end of the world. We are not going to die from some of this stuff and we need to take it with a grain of salt. Do one thing. Do a little thing. I can promise you that nobody is going to be so severely harmed that life is over within the next couple weeks. You're not going to get a debilitating disease right away. Like it, it, It needs to be so unbelievably highly consumed. And all other bad things too to really see some serious damage. Um, now, that being said, if you eat a lot of artificial stuff, you eat a lot of processed stuff, or you're eating a lot of very poorly sourced produce and you're getting a ton of glyphosate, then absolutely, you're going to have some gut issues. I'm talking maybe IBS, maybe some autoimmune disease if you have a very poor di- uh, diversity in your microbiome. Um, if your gut's not very healthy, digestion might be shit, you might get bloated. Things like that will happen. You won't lose as much fat. But you're not going to die. So I don't want people to get super, super scared. Another thing I got to touch on is the protein. I steered him away from that because I disagree with him and I wasn't going to argue with him. There is some valid information regarding lower protein intake um, for anybody who is sedentary, anybody who's not training very hard because you don't utilize that protein. And it can be wear and tear on your kidneys and on your liver and stuff like that or whatever. The issue with that is if you are training hard, you are using that protein. So eating a gram per pound on a long-term basis, which was just proven in a recent study, and I read the review through Mass, uh, Eric Helms, Mark, Mike Zordos, Greg Knuckles, just put this out. On a long-term basis, eating one gram per pound of protein does not harm the kidneys, does not harm the body, does not ha- cause any diseases, doesn't do anything negative at all. You use the protein, period, end of story. So great, great podcast, super informative guy. We actually stayed on the air after the show and talked for a while Really appreciated him coming on. I actually have his product, Restore, which I do think is better than a probiotic. And I was really pumped to hear all the stuff he was giving us information about the probiotic stuff, which completely changed my view. It's a lot of great content. I really do believe the guy. I just needed to touch on that because I don't want people to get too scared. And I don't want people to stop eating protein because of that. Because most of you guys are training. So anyway, Kirsten Cefeli. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Question, dot, dot, dot. I noticed a significant difference in taste and smell of organic slash grass-fed meats, specifically ground beef. I find that I don't like it, probably because I'm not used to it, and I find that I tend to eat a lot less of meat when it's grass-fed. It's almost like my satiety sets in much quicker. Do you think food manufacturers design the non-grass-fed meats to be easily digested so that we would eat more of it in one sitting, or is it a completely different organism altogether? So I, I can't be 100% sure. What I do know is that a lot of uh, manufacturers will uh, process or create additives or do things to, to make the taste uh, enhancement, I guess you could say, a little bit better. Um, so we talk about palate fatigue, right? You get palate fatigue from uh, foods and, and you can't 
Like you, they try to avoid that. They don't want you to get fatigued because then you get full. Like you can, like I always use the example of Oreos and apples. How many people have ate 10 Oreos in a row? No problem. They could probably eat more. Everybody raises their hand. And I go, how many people have ate three apples in a row? Everybody's like, what the fuck? Why would I eat three apples in a row? It's like, well, an apple, you're not, you're going to get palate fatigue. You get what you need. You get the taste, you get the nutrients, you get the fiber, you're done. You get the calories. Oreos, you get the calories. You don't get anything else. Tastes great. But you don't get fiber, you don't get nutrients, you don't get palate fatigue. There's all these different sensations going on in your body that keeps you triggering you to eat more and more and more and fuck up your craving uh, sensation, your insulin sensitivity, all these different things. So I know that happens a lot. Now, as far as meat goes, my only assumption would be that I guess probably the same idea. Like when you eat real grass-fed meat, you are going to get more of the nutrients inside of it. You're going to get more bang for your buck. And what's probably going to happen is you're probably going to get satiated quicker. So you're probably getting fuller faster because you don't need pounds and pounds of meat, especially when it's grass-fed. You get what you you get the product, you get what you need, and you can stop eating. So that would be my suggestion or my uh, assumption. Um, I don't know if, if it, like if you could get used to it and get better. I For me personally... I eat a grass-fed steak, and it's so much fucking better than a regular steak. It's unbelievable. Like, I can easily taste the difference um, from the tenderness to the way it cooks um, to the way it cuts to the smell to the color of it to how it grills. Like, there's nothing better than a grass-fed steak to me. Like, a really, really nice steak. Like, I'm huge on that. Um, Chicken is harder for me to tell. Steak, I can easily tell. Eggs, I can tell easily. They're way more potent. Their color is brighter. Their shells are harder. Their uh, yolk is is just uh, is thicker. So it's easy to tell cage-free, like true cage-free eggs uh, compared to regular eggs. Um, so yeah, for me, like I can easily t- tell the difference between organic and not. Serenity Strong. What is your take on massages? I feel like they are super they are super important and can really help everyone. How often should people get them? So I think it depends on the person. For me, um, they're less about muscular tissue work and more about stress management. I think that this is one of those things going back to setting yourself up for having some kind of fun thing to do each week. For me, it's a relaxation thing. It's about getting stress relief. It's about chilling. It's about not talking to anybody for an hour. Hopefully, the masseuse doesn't talk to me <laughs> and I just chill, right? So that's the big reason for me. I don't I don't use them so much for muscles. Like I, I do at times. If I'm super sore, you might need them, but... I think they're less important for that. I think that um, if your tissue is that fucked up, you should probably get one and then you should revamp your uh, training. You might be doing a little too much. Um, Otherwise, I think they're cool. I think that some tissue work is good. I'm a fan of foam rolling prior to a session for a very short period of time. I think foam rolling is overdone and outdrawn. You don't need so much that you're just going to beat your tissue to shit where you're feeling more sore and bruised up because you foam rolled for 30 minutes. I think you should attack your glutes and hip flexors so you get everything around your hip. And I think you should attack your traps, your lats, everything around your pecs, everything around your shoulders so your shoulders feel loose. That should really take only five minutes or less, and then you move on. You go to your warm-up. What that will do is release the tension. It will lose tissue in those cohesion points, um, conversion points, which is basically like if we look at um, if we look at the shoulder and the hip, they're, they're ball and socket joints that have a ton of different tissues coming from. I mean like look at the shoulder. We have um, each area of the delt, rear delt, posterior delt, anterior delt everything, uh, the side delt, then we have your traps, we have your rhomboids, we have your lats coming up, we have your tricep intersecting that, we have your serratus anterior, your pec, bicep tendon, all these things going in the shoulder, there's a ton, it's like a spider web of tissue, so it's the, the most easily triggered 
or a tight spot on anybody. That's why we get so many injuries. One of the reasons why we get so many shoulder injuries and nagging shoulder injuries or bad posture. It's because it's a conversion point of all these different tissues, um, muscle tissues and tendons and ligaments. And, and what happens is it gets bound up really quick. So that's like the most triggered spot. So for me, it's like, I think you should foam roll those spots a little bit before you train. You don't have to worry about it. If you're getting really bad pain in an area, then yeah, you should go get a massage and fix it. But I haven't seen anybody who needed a massage more than shit once every two weeks at the most. Like I don't think it's a weekly thing. You don't. And the thing we got to remember too is if you're digging into your muscles that hard that often, you're actually can, you're doing micro tears. So which can be good, can be bad. If you're not optimally recovering. It's an issue. So my thing is like if you feel like you need a massage every week, one of two things. One, you're too stressed out. So find a different way to de-stress and not work so hard. Or two, um, you're training probably too hard too much, one of the two. And you got to revamp your program a little bit. Um, so I think it really, really comes down to those two things. All right, last question. She has one more. If you are tight on money and can't afford a nutrition coach, what is the best way to figure out your macros? your own macros, um, buy a book. I mean, at the end of the day, like there's, there's multiple books. Obviously I'm going to represent my own book on this one, which is, uh, the nutrition hierarchy. It's $19 and 99 cents cheap as hell to figure out everything you need to know. Um, and it breaks down your calories, your macros, meal timing, supplements, everything you need in, in a, in an individual way. Now, if you're somebody who's been under eating, been overeating, um, can't stick to a plan, need accountability, then obviously you need to figure out a way to afford a coach because it will help a lot. Or you get a book like that, you figure out what you need to do and you get a buddy and you and your buddy do it together and you hold each other accountable. But I think the best way to figure out your macros is to go to a source like that because I could tell you right here like, oh, this ratio is pretty good. And I've done YouTube videos on this too. So go check out my YouTube video. But it, it, it's too individualized for me to go, oh, just follow this or you should just stick to a 40-40-20 split or you should do a 30-30-40, whatever these splits are, right? Because it always changes. Most of my clients are on like a 38 and a half and 27, five split. Like, right. It's like all mixed up because it's individualized to the grams. Like this person doesn't need this percentage. They need this much carbs. They need this much fat. They need this much protein. They need this many calories. This is how they need to split up their meals. They need this after their workouts. Um, they need this in the morning. They need to fast. They need to stay away from fasting. Like there's a lot of individualized. So the best thing to do is honestly just research. I have so many articles on my site. I have that book. Just do your research, figure out what you need to do to personalize it as much as possible, and then just go from there. All right, guys, that is a wrap for today. Real quick before I get off, and I'm doing it before the intro today because I feel like switching it up, or the intro, the outro. Um, this is the outro. Um, go ahead and leave me a five-star rating review. Guys, Like I, I say it every time, but I got to let you know that that's what makes a huge difference for me uh, because it allows me to hear what you guys love about the show, what you guys want to hear more of. And then obviously it helps me grow in the iTunes charts. And that's the most important thing. So when you leave a five-star rating and review, it allows me to grow within the charts. It allows the podcast to get bigger. It allows the podcast to get better guests. It allows the podcast to get more recognition and more noticed um, eyes on it, which is going to lead to better guests, bigger guests, more guests, and just more information for you, more content. So if you could do me a favor, I would appreciate it. Leave me a five-star rating review. Until next time, guys, I'm out.